0: This is an Live Radio podcast. Live Radio, the local radio station for Northampton. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Please do remember to subscribe, like and comment wherever you get your podcasts from so more people can find out about what we do and our podcasts. To find out more about the station, head to nliveradio.com. We hope you do enjoy this and if you'd like to support us or find out how you can support us, please do head to nliveradio.com support us. This is Weekend Calling with Claire Kerr on N Live Radio, in association with the Retro Charts. It's my absolute pleasure and delight to welcome the father of prog rock, the man who can make a guitar sing. It's no other than Mr. Steve Hackett. Happy New oh, Year, Steve.
1: Thank you. Happy New Year to you too. Are you well? Good looking. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm pretty good. Yeah. I'm, You're looking well. Very happy at the moment. Um, very productive period I know we can't do shows but there's been a lot of recording going on a lot of writing and a lot of playing so um, music goes on in the shadows it has to
0: doesn't it it? Yeah, yeah it has to keep going um, yep. So you have a new album then set for release on the 22nd of this month under a Mediterranean sky and it's a fully instrumental solo acoustic album um, yep. really celebrating the beauty and experience of your extensive travels with your lovely wife, Jo. Uh,
1: yes, it's it's got this Mediterranean theme and um, lots of, I like to think, different styles of music from around the Mediterranean. So although it's... Um, Acoustic. It's also orchestral, and there's other instruments that uh, might be less familiar to people. So I'm um, I'm pleased to be a, a painting with music, painting with sound rather than with um, with pictures. But hopefully that will convey some of the ideas that we came across when we were on our travels. Um, sure. Yeah. It
0: sounds like you had a lot of fun making it too.
1: Yes, I did. Yes, uh, uh, it was. Um, it was great to be able to do that. Uh, it took a couple of months to record. Um, we had some performances from other people on it who were amazing players. And, um, and so, you know, it's, it's a kind of, uh, um, a bit of a festival of, of virtuosity from other people. And, uh, I'm very proud of it. I love the way it sounds. And, um, I have to resist playing it to myself every day and get on with new stuff.
0: (laughs) You should play it. Keep playing it. It is wonderful. Yeah. The the opening track, Medina, the walled city or or the silent city, it's a really um, dramatic start, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah.
1: This this kind of
0: grandeur, you know, of ancient Malta. It sounds to me um, almost like a film score.
1: Yes. Well, indeed, yes. Um, uh, I think music that works visually that you're hearing and but it's creating pictures um there's only one way to describe it which is as as cinematic and um i'm very happy i mean i have used uh, or rather i've had things used for a film um in the past um it's often documentary makers who tend to pick up on the stuff and um when you think of instruments like the duduk and it seems to conjure um, uh, these kind of landscapes, bleak, um, sometimes un- unforgiving landscapes, but 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 magic nonetheless. And so, I think filmmakers like that sort of thing. And there's also the um, the other aspect of, of you know sort of romantic music and um, and everything that 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 conveys. Um, yeah, well, I do I'm think
0: very, with the romance side of things that you say, though, I do think the album itself is kind of love weaves through that album, doesn't it?
1: Uh, I like to think so, yeah. Um, um, I think I'm probably getting more romantic with um, with old age, to be honest. You know, the older I get, it's um, I think, well, don't hold back, you know, uh, 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 Reveal that if, if if you feel that, then do it, and don't worry about trying to be contemporary, uh, up to date, and all of that. So um, I've indulged that pleasure for quite some time, even in my journals. Sure. Uh, there were there were there were moments of that, and um, and what I like about quite a lot of other other writers is the fact that they might go back in time and, and celebrate an earlier era, and then of course it all becomes timeless.
0: When you visited these places, did the tunes then sort of enter your head or this idea for composition, how did it work in that respect?
1: Well, um, for instance, visiting Egypt and various other places around the desert, Morocco and and Jordan, um, there was something or there is something that always happens when we're in that area. Um, the first time I visited the Sphinx, we were just there for a day. It was just a—it's a, one of those Rupert Bear trips. We were there for the day and then whisked away. And uh, but when I was opposite the Sphinx, I thought this has got to be the most exotic place on earth for for, for people from where we're from. And um, I was just hearing music the whole time, I was writing it down. And then we had a much more extensive trip to Egypt, traveled up the Nile, and and it was just gorgeous. And so much of it is unspoilt and still there. That's, that's the thing. Um, you could have been seeing the same views that Antony and Cleopatra looked at. Um, so it's that thing, you know, it's... It's
0: quite humbling in that respect.
1: It's lovely. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's tree lined. They haven't surrounded it with, with industry. They've protected that area. Mm. And, um,
0: Was it quite haunting as well?
1: Oh yes, yes, yes. And so, um, once again, although I didn't have a guitar with me at the time, didn't have an instrument, I was writing stuff down thinking, yeah, this melody, this melody might work. And so with the tracks, the Rocco third track, um, That to me is the most evocative, I think, of all the places, trying to paint it again, you know, uh, trying to recall it, the impressions that it made upon you, just visiting sites that look like they were painted yesterday, so fresh and and beautiful, and um, it just screams music at me.
0: Sure. so when um you decided then to produce it, you worked with um a chap, a longtime friend, didn't you, Roger King, because you yes. wanted to get this idea of the you know the classical, the world music, but this orchestra as well within that. Yeah. So how did you go about recording that at the time? We were in this sort of crazy national lockdown, and it must have been difficult as well to get all that together.
1: Well, yes, you know, we had a small team um, that made a very big noise in the end. Like you said, you know, the way it starts is, is with is the kind of symphonic proportions, um, and I don't apologise for that. Um, Absolutely not. <laughs> Roger did, did a wonderful job on the orchestral arrangements, and mm. um, I don't know how he did it. He he, he seems to work his magic, um, and um, so I'm I'm I'm. Um, I'm a fan of everything that he did on, on the album. He managed to get great sounds with every instrument, including the guitar. But, but you know, conjuring an orchestra from very little was um, an extraordinary feat, I think. Yeah, uh, indeed, so it was. It was wonderful. Um, I just marvelled at it the, the whole time. So it's lovely when you're working on a project and you're falling in love with it. The same time when it's really working out and it feels charmed. So as much as it's a struggle to get the fingers around this kind of complex stuff, um, once you've done it, you know there's that sense of, of um, uh, oh wow, th- th- this feels really good. And of course, that the influence makes. of Joe that you, you mentioned, my my, my wife, who, who wrote um, uh, parts of it. Um, she said, I, I think, you know, this time you, you're gonna do an acoustic album and you don't want to make it sound like all all the others. You can you know take it into um exotic areas and, and aspects of world music and all of that. And she, she felt that it was important that it should separate itself out from all the other things that I'd done in in that way. So I suppose in some ways it's closer in spirit to some of the rock albums I've done with with world instruments. Hmm. Um, so it doesn't feel like when you say acoustic album oop, file under cardboard in the cupboard no it's not like that it's um, it's big and lush and and um and lovely I lose myself and, and I hope other people will as well
0: I really think that they will uh, was it all consuming at the time because you do have that real attention to detail don't you sort of by your own admission you're a detail freak
1: yeah Um,
0: But you knew when it was ready.
1: Yes. Um, Funnily enough, it's Rob Townsend who plays on a couple of the tracks on on this uh, with sax and flute. Um, His phrase is that the devil is in the detail. And um, he's he's right, of course. He's a very detailed, accomplished player. Um, The most amazing improviser I have ever come across. Amazing stuff. He never does a bad solo. It's just, it's always a case of here's a really good one and here's a great one, and you're dealing with an embarrassment of riches whenever he works on, on something. Um, so I think other people are important on this. Is what I'm trying to say. And then of course there's Christine Townsend, which is his namesake, but they're no relation. But Christine Townsend, who plays wonderful violin, sometimes unaccompanied um and wonderful viola because her dad was a viola player and when he retired he gave her the instrument that he played and this thing is as deep as a cello with the uh the the viola it's a lovely lovely sound so we work with her when we want things to be absolutely authentically um orchestral and uh, i've been working with her for many years and very kindly she heard that I wasn't well over, over, over Christmas and, and she turned up one night on the doorstep and she said, I've baked some bread for you. And Aww. I thought that would lovely. In fact, I must give her a call to say, thank you. you know, Thanks you've been for thinking
0: of me. Today. Thanks for the bread. That's yes, kind.
1: Absolutely. absolutely lovely. Yes,
0: great. Uh, lovely yeah. folk. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Andalusian Heart. This is a beautiful yeah. track, this flamenco-infused style. Um, very romantic.
1: Uh, Yeah. um, It's funny. Uh, That was one of the first to be written. Um, I visited Spain several times, um, usually as a player, but sometimes as a tourist. And um, we got to visit the Alhambra and the um, parts of Andalusia, the um, Sacramonte, the sacred mountain where the gypsies live. And Work and play and dance in the caves. And um that was just amazing. They they look like they're playing and dancing and singing for their very lives, every time. It's just it's so full on. And I was talking Mm. to Mm. one of the guitarists there, and he was showing me one or two moves on the guitar, and I think I thought, Oh, that's good. I don't quite understand how it works. And I practiced and practiced it and months because later those
0: fingers move yeah, fast they. don't they
1: they do move You're really fast.
0: getting your fingers yeah. moving
1: <laughs> they, they do move, move fast at times um a lot of it is the use of the right hand that you'd think that it was all left hand work nipping around the fretboard but i noticed years and years ago when i was watching um the late great Andres segovia on tv i think in the 1960s black and white tv and all these notes coming out and it seemed like he was hardly moving and i realized he was doing it, practically everything with barre shapes with this left hand, but the right hand was doing so much work, so much complex stuff, and um, and so I think I decided right then and there that I was going to have to uh, be a fingerstyle player. And so over over the years, I've absolutely marginalized the plectrum, I and mean, even when I play electric, I very rarely use use a, use a, use a pick. Um, so that oh, makes me an old cool. funny dolly I'm sorry. Uh, but first of all, when I was a kid, I thought, yeah, it's all about electric guitar. That's great.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you need a spectrum for that. And playing with the, with, you know, the right hand fingers, it's, it's, um, it's unmanly. It's a bit like knitting. Real men don't knit. <laughs> <laughs> I corrected my thoughts there. And uh, yeah, you can do so much more when you've got this hand working. But most rock players choose not to.
0: No, that's right. That's, that's very
1: right. nice. Uh, each to his own. Um, but there was just something that clicked. And even now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working away. And if you play for a certain number of hours each day, certain things, they start to reveal themselves to you. Despite yourself, you will change position. You'll, you'll, you'll get bored with what you can already do and move on to other things. Uh, some days I don't. Some days it's just scales up and down, same shapes. So, oh, not getting anywhere, but at least I've kept the fingers nimble. But um, over well, the years, I don't see. That's important, isn't it, as much it? As a challenge, as oh, it? Sorry,
0: that's important, isn't it? You know, to keep those fingers working. But then, all this discovery yeah. as well—that comes with trying out different things. That's like what's what makes you such a yeah. phenomenal player.
1: Well, it's strange, you know. I, I never really m- used a capo much. Um, because, you know, you use a capo to folk players tend to use it and the flamenco players use it quite a bit. And uh, I realised that they do it in order to produce a different sound, you know, um, to find the sweet spot, which is full on for them, the the flamenco players. But then I've noticed that if you play softly with a capo, it starts to sound more harp-like and those aspects... I look for as well. I look for the full-on thing, as well. Yeah, the salvos, bam, 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 bam. But there's this other aspect. So you know, guitar's good at this sort of dynamic range. Nylon guitar, nylon strings. Not the thing. It's all about the nylon
0: strings, isn't
1: it? That's it. Nylon strings, um, light gauge nylon strings. For those who are are serious about it, i had a late, late great friend of wonderful guitarist called um, Theo Cheng who, um, showed me many moves on, on, on the guitar, cross-string trilling and four-fingered cross-string trilling. Um, and uh, it doesn't have to be for the anoraks, this, you know, even classical players don't get this stuff right, you know. Um, but there were all these other things that were, were kicking in things that he could do that I couldn't do and things I could do that I was passing on to him, to Theo, who, who died quite recently. And, um, uh, this idea of the guitar becoming the heart. Mm. Um, again, you, you know, you need to have a good right. <laughs> you need to have a good right hand because you, you're fooling people into thinking that it's yeah this endless sort of uh, scale from, from top to bottom. But um, I'm still nuts about well, that's really it. Really you know? interesting. <laughs> yeah. people yeah. silly with this, you know. Um, but I know I th- other people, you know, who who've been playing for years and years and years and don't fall out of love with the with the process. Ah. Um, that's yeah, really
0: that's... interesting. Um that idea of discovery as well you see you always want to find out new things Mm. different sounds that you can make how you can make a guitar it's not just the sound of a guitar but what else can it become and I think you know that's demonstrated beautifully throughout that album as well the different transitions the journey that it takes you on and the album itself you can just lie on the sofa close your eyes takes you almost into a meditative state really doesn't it
1: I think it. I think it is, think it is a, a a a record for drifting off to. Um, mm. Those early albums that I heard, um, as I said, I mentioned the Segovia work a lot um, yeah. when I heard him playing the Bach stuff. Um, very early albums that were recorded, records that were recorded in the nineteen twenties and nineteen thirties. Um, um, but you know, still, you know, extraordinary playing, uh, mm. extraordinary technique complete devotion to the art of it you know um you figured that the guy probably did nothing else but play and uh, it is important to have a life outside <laughs> outside it
0: well, of course. Yeah. And and really, you can show that well through your travel, because this is all about the travel. This is the journey through the music of the travels that you've done. And you do love to travel, don't you? You've always had an adventurous yeah. spirit. Even as a young boy in 1950s London, you were seeking adventure, even as a small boy, yeah. weren't you?
1: Well, it's a funny thing. We lived in Pimlico and then when the 1960s kicked in, um, I was i was still very young you know uh, 10 11 12 and um i thought you know wandering around the corner to the places where in a few years time the Beatles and the stones were gonna haunt and live and 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 show up and i you know passed the old rock star in the street when I was still a schoolboy um and um,
0: but that inspired you though didn't it
1: well, they they were. I think the Beatles and Stones were, were very um, were very inspiring at that time, um, and 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 still are now in in um, so many ways. Which is why their records still sell like crazy. People still go nuts over the Stones. It's amazing that they're basically still doing it, and I like to think that they will be after lockdown. You know, uh, a wonderful they'll keep going. It was, it was, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it, it, it was a great time growing up I think in the 1960s with all those sort of sonic developments that were going on in rock guitar sounds were starting to explode Hendrix was, was due to explode onto our our, our screens so I, I had two very good teachers Andre Segovia, Jimi Hendrix even though I didn't meet either of them um,
0: But totally inspiring
1: Yeah, I saw them live and that was that was extraordinary yeah
0: and you decided I think one of your defining moments when you saw Jagger strutting down the King's Road you thought I want to be in a band I'm going to play guitar and get myself in a band
1: yes well at the time um as I say I was just wandering back from school one day and just as I was about to hit Sloan Square um where Kings Road really ends, you know, for the for the idea of the swinging '60s type thing, I'm sure he just emerged from Peter Jones, and he looked very dapper. He had Ray Ray Ban sunglasses, blue blazer, grey trousers, dressed very, very straight. Uh, but um, you know, at, at a time when I was probably about God, what I've been, 15, 16. I don't know. And he would have been about, you know, 2021. 20, and, um, and, uh, of course I was a huge fan of their music, but I, I never was the kind of guy who was going to go out and say, Oh, I recognize you. I've got your records. Please sign, please sign this for me. I always thought, yeah, you know, give people their privacy. Um, and if someone introduces you, that's fine. And I did get to meet a lot of my heroes later in, in um, in, in later life, including oh. uh, Jagger and and um, yeah. and, um, and Paul McCartney, uh, but each time, you know, I thought you've got to wait to be introduced, you know, uh, otherwise you might get the brush off and um, and all the rest. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, of course, they were they were trailblazers, and and that was that was heady days, but. Um, they're still going, aren't they? You know, it's tenacious. I mean, talking about early heroes, there was John Mayle. I used to go and see John Mayle playing. And John Mayle, of course, you know, father of the British or grandfather of the British R&B scene, the blues scene. When you think of the, just the guitarists alone that passed through that band, you know, Eric Clapton, Peter Green, Mick Taylor. Um, in, in, in the very early days, I'm just sort of school for rock. There it was, and I got to meet him when he was just a few days short of his 80th birthday. And he said to me, "Um, uh, yeah, I'm gonna be playing a gig on my 80th birthday. And I remember seeing 70th birthday celebration on on video um, and thinking, oh, isn't that that amazing that he's doing that at that age? And of course, when when I was a kid, when I was in my mid-teens, we used to go and see him playing live and, we were to say, you know, he's thirty-three. Isn't it amazing that he can still get up there and do that? At his age, <laughs> that's what we're thinking. Now, yeah. here's me at seventy, yeah. thinking, you know, um, yeah, you know, the real people that are the real thing. That's that's the
0: uh, It's that longevity, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is. It is yeah. the longevity. Um, you know, people like BB King who are still doing it, even though they were in a wheelchair. You know, that's
0: and it's passion. You know,
1: Never give up, never it's give it that in.
0: passion, that driving force.
1: It keeps you young, I think it keeps you definitely. You can't understand people who aren't passionate about anything, I know, you know I don't understand that. Whatever I don't it, get that. No, no, so you're driven, there you are. Yes. And, um, and my mum, bless her, is about to turn 91 June, June, that's right. And my and uh, she went to the doctors. she got. She's one of the first people to have gotten the jab in this country. Wow. And said, oh, I can't believe your age. I thought you were about my age, 57. And, of course, she was glowing from that.
0: Bless her. From
1: the compliment. And she, she loves that. So she's still full of life, and she absolutely is passionate about everything. She hates the lockdown, of course, because, you know, this is a time when she can't um, – uh, visit her friends and family, and it's so important to her. a very gregarious person. Likes a drink, likes a celebration, party girl still. Um, Fantastic. Just yeah, <laughs> keeping 19, her young. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Ah, oh, bless her. Um, so let's talk about your Genesis days, yeah. if we may. Sure. The road to Genesis, it was sort of five years of waiting for someone to respond to your ad. And then I love the ad, your revised ad that you put in Melody Maker in 1970. Guitarist writer seeks receptive musicians determined to strive beyond existing stagnant musical forms.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I know. Yeah. Yeah. I had Winston Churchill write that for me. No, I was trying to appeal to the idea of ideals and let's get into the fight and all that, and it caught Peter Gabriel's eye.
0: Great. So,
1: that's what got—that's really what got me the gig with with Genesis. So you might think a humble ad doesn't make any difference, but maybe it's the power of the word if you can get Definitely. across it. With Even you weren't with-
0: sure either. Then were you? You had to. You you had a chat with your mate down at the um the chelsea potter was your life about to change yes. you know it yes. was the right decision
1: he talked me into it he said he said you're not doing anything better right now are you and i couldn't find it i couldn't i couldn't argue with that and you're not okay. doing anything better right now are you and he was absolutely right because i was so unsure of if you know not only was i going to team up with these guys but you know we were going to be living together, and, uh, and they were it was all a big
0: commitment. Of
1: it was of It school. It was a big commitment, and it means you get, you're going to leave home, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, and um, and you're going to be on stage playing professionally in, in front of people. So um, it had all been a dream up to then, and then suddenly it was going to become a reality, and you're um, having to um, make that leap. Good old Frank
0: Murphy, though, for twisting your arm.
1: That was Frank Murphy, photographer, very talented, young photographer He was was at the time.
0: It's been so interesting chatting to you. I could talk to you for hours, honestly. Well, thank you so much, Steve.
1: Great talking to you, Claire. Yes,
0: you too. Thank you so much. Hey, good luck with the album, and it's it's a brilliant album. It's been an absolute delight talking to you, and maybe we'll get to talk about the book another time.
1: I think so, yes. It'll be another time. Thank
0: you. All the Bye. best. Bye. Bye-bye, Bye-bye for now.